Hello and welcome to Happy Success, the podcast that looks at how we can support our children and enable them to be happy, content and successful. My name is Pippa Probert and I'm the head of the juniors here at Ditcham Park School, which is nestled in the beautiful South Downs. Hello and welcome back to Happy Success. I am joined today by our wellbeing coordinator, Juliette Barnes. We're going to be talking about quite a tricky topic today. We're going to be talking about death. It's one of those topics which we all will experience at some time in our life, but actually as a society we find very difficult to talk about because it is so painful. In today's session we're going to be thinking about how we can support our children to cope with death when it does come knocking. Hi Juliet. Hello Pippa. So this is probably the most challenging podcast that we've done to date, actually. There's a complexity around it, isn't there? And I think, as you just said in your introduction, a sort of general avoidance of discussion in relation to death because it's so emotive. Yeah. And how do we work with experience and actually sit comfortably with those emotions is one of the one of the questions that arises and to have the time actually to sit and chat about such an important topic I think is invaluable so it might not be an easy one but it's it's certainly an important one yeah absolutely it's really interesting so um as a as a family we lost my father-in-law in January of this year so this will be our coming up to our first Christmas without him. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time that he passed away, um, my children were six, 11 and 13. And their experience of it, I think, as a process was very, very different mm. um, according to their age and according to how they understood it. Mm. So, And how was that, I guess, for you as their parents, working with three different ch- children of different ages yeah. around their very individual ways of processing and understanding what had happened. I would imagine that, well, you said they were all very different, but then mm. it, it's sort of strange, isn't it? Because it is the, the responses of children are so very individual. And while we're trying to work with them about their responses, we're also managing ours yes. and trying not to project <laughs> ours or and also responding to children when they might react in a way that we hadn't anticipated. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, one of the hardest things was finding the words to explain it, particularly to our youngest, mm. um, who we as a family had never really talked about death mm. beforehand. It wasn't something it wasn't something that we had experienced in terms of close friends or family. Mm. So for Gracie, she had never had any contact with it at all and then suddenly it's somebody who's very very close to her but also because of lockdowns and bits and pieces it's somebody that she hadn't actually had a huge amount of time with so in terms of Bill no longer being in her life that was quite difficult to explain because she wouldn't see him for quite long periods as well so but yeah finding the words to explain to her what death actually meant and was was really difficult. Um, Do you remember what you managed to say? I think I did the classic thing of using euphemisms. Okay. I think we talked about the fact that Grandpa's gone to heaven. Yeah. And that he's looking down on us. Yeah. And that he still loves us. But I think I fell into the trap of her kind of going, okay, well, we'll then we're going to, mm. see, you know, and mm. 
her attitude and and then the finality of it and the permanence of it mm. really started to dawn and that's when it became very very difficult for her because she didn't have any comprehension of that to start with mm. and I think what you did as you said it was the classic and I think it is the classic isn't it mm. it's the it's the easier option I think well it feels like the easier option for a lot of people partly because we don't have to say it and hear it ourselves yeah. and there's a finality around that but we want to soften things for children yeah, and definitely. protect them the challenges and I think sometimes the problem is and I'm also I've done this myself with my daughter um, in relation to animals we haven't with my 14 year old we haven't had to deal with any death of a close family member or friends but certainly with animals you know, I've tried to use the euphemisms to, um, and it's ironic, isn't it? Because I'm going to sit here and say, don't use them. And yes, I've done it myself. So um, just to soften it. But actually, what children really do need is clarity. And they need clarity about all sorts of things in their life. And when we use the euphemisms, I can't say the word, sometimes it just becomes very ambiguous. And as you've just said, when the finality dawns, that can be really hard. I think most people recognise that death is quite is final, and actually, a lot of people are worried about using the words "death." Someone has died, so they avoid them. But actually, if we're able to use them, and ideally we would use them, then children know where they're at. There's less kind of ability. If we take phrases like kind of passed on um you know or gone up to which is such yeah. a lovely notion isn't it gone up to the stars and 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 those sorts of things there is the possibility or it might feel like there's the possibility of being able to get that person back so and actually that's not going to happen there are certain words and phrases that um people will use because of their religious beliefs and that's fine so um but some of these things you know kind of what is it you know I'm trying to think of an expression my grandma used to use. I can't, it was, it's gone out of my head now. But things that are ambiguous aren't always very helpful to children. Yeah. So if we can actually talk about the fact that someone has died, then they know what they're dealing with and then we can support them around that. And it might sound harsh, but actually it is the clearest, most direct way of talking about it. Yeah. Are there any... I don't know if the right ways is the right way to actually explain it, but would you have any suggestions or strategies in that moment if a child does become quite upset? So for my middle one, she became very, very upset. Mm. Um, and then knowing how to comfort her and support her and allow her to experience that pain as well, because I think the temptation is, in again, trying to protect your children that for me seeing her so distressed was really painful for me mm. and you want to make it better I want to make it better but I also want to take my own and if I'm being really honest about it I want to take my own pain away mm. because as a family we were all dealing mm. with the pain of that loss as well and mm. um, so I found her distress very distressing mm. and I, I think if I'm being really honest I found it because I was very upset for her and I, uh, seeing your child in that level of distress mm. is awful mm. but also it, that sort of brutal honesty of the fact that it was very painful for me personally mm. too. Mm. And the two things compound each other don't they? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think you know there's nothing worse than seeing your child that distressed and feeling quite powerless as to what you can do about it um, and I think the first thing and 
I use the phrase it's not rocket science a lot I can feel that I'm just about to say it now it's not rocket science but but in that it sounds really simple but it's something we don't always allow ourselves to do is just sit and be and allow those emotions to come out and I think that at any time with our children at any time of heightened emotion and in this instance we're talking about upset but it could be anger it could be anything where we're really heightened as parents sometimes we want to do a little bit too much talking and making things better yeah. and or trying to make things better and you, you, in, on a really practical level the physiolo physiology of a child's brain at that point when they are that, that upset it means they're not going to hear the words we're saying anyway yes yeah. and actually all that might happen is it might contribute to the upset because they can't process what's going on so just being is invaluable um, and just waiting and actually you know maybe saying words and phrases like you know I understand that you're really upset and I can see you're really upset you're not trying to fix it but what you are doing is noticing and, and validating validating yeah. and it's okay to be upset so and, and I think that's something that we you know, when we think about our children and emotions, you know, children need to know that emotions, one, one are absolutely an everyday part of daily life, and two are transient for the most part and okay to feel. Um, and, you know, as society, I think we're, we're pretty good at that, but sometimes we want to wrap things up quite quickly and try and make people feel better quite quickly. And I do wonder, actually, if, if that attempt to kind of put a sticking plaster over mm. emotions and mm. over feelings mm. is one of the reasons why we are seeing from children now and adults mm. now really struggling with their mental well-being mm. and mental health it's it's um i've had i have lots of conversations with parents here about when is it right to support and validate your child's emotions mm. and when actually you need to be okay we need to get up now and mm. we need to be keep moving. Mm. There was quite an interesting article um, recently uh, questioning the benefits of talk therapies mm. and allowing people to kind of sit within their emotions. Mm. And it's, it's a really challenging thing mm. to know when you encourage and support those and validate mm. those feelings. And when you actually say, okay, now, now we've just got to get up and get going again. Mm. And I think there's no right or wrong answer to that. But what I, I would say is that I think as parents, one of our jobs is to um, help our children structure their lives to a point and actually put some but we need to put safety nets around our children don't we however those safety nets look and i'm not i'm not talking about you know kind of being involved in every aspect of their life in a yeah, not helicopter parenting. not helicopter parenting yeah but our children rely on us to put boundaries and safety nets around so and that's part of our job as parents is to prepare them for for their adulthood and yeah. and so i think there is a line there's a there's a balance between you yourself being comfortable as a parent to sit with your child and their emotions rather than wrap them up very quickly but then at, them, at some point to say okay let's take a breath let's regroup and sometimes actually if you can and I totally appreciate it, it could be very hard if you yourself are going through that grieving process but to say you know what I wonder what the person who died would like us to do now yeah and and in that because 
there's there's a lot of benefit actually to bringing that person into conversation if you feel able to because often a child won't know how they're supposed to feel or how they're supposed to be about that person and what what they're allowed to talk about what they're not and we'll, we'll get on to talking about this in a minute I imagine yeah but actually the the phrase I wonder is a really lovely phrase to use with children because you can wonder and in you wondering it allows them to express what might be going on for them without yeah. you know without um, kind of almost dictating exactly or imposing onto yes them. yes and yeah. I, so I you know if a child is incredibly upset it's all right to say I wonder if you might be really missing whoever's no longer with us or I wonder if you you are full of emotion and you don't know what to do with it you know or you, you don't you, so I wonder is a really gentle lovely phrase I use it a lot um but I wonder what that person would like us to do now actually sort of moves on but moves on with acknowledgement of what's being yeah what's happened would you encourage the use of things like memory boxes I think they're lovely things I think again you know it, you've got to work out what's going to work for your child yeah but actually a place or a thing that actually can generate conversation um, and be a reminder. I, I love memory boxes personally so um, I've worked with lots of children in relation to death and grief and some children have loved them and others are just not bothered. Yeah. So, um, so I think when you're supporting your own children through this process you're guided by them aren't you? Too? So if they think a memory box would be helpful then absolutely make a memory box if they think of, you know a photograph book of them and that person would be helpful absolutely yeah. do that or a picture and I like going back right right to the you know we we're talking um at the beginning about you know saying or trying to avoid saying someone's gone up to to be with the stars there's nothing when we're saying let's go and look at the stars and think of yeah. think of that person so I think having something tangible because the thing about death particularly for young children is that what what's left so and younger children find it really difficult to talk about abstract things and and hypothetical things so something tangible that they can have that reminds them of that person or so they can do that reminds them of that person is yeah important I think yeah definitely when you're in that position with so many families um, are nowadays where you have somebody in the family who is terminally ill, how much would you suggest sort of preparing children for the inevitable outcome mm. as opposed to protecting them from it? Um, I've worked with a family previously where one of the parents was very, very poorly and the child within the family knew that something was going on but one of the things that caused them distress is that they didn't know exactly mm. what it was and they were felt that nobody was actually talking to them about that mm. um would you at what point do we should we protect our children mm. and allow them you know to sort of to enjoy things before we have to deal with mm. the sort of the tough reality as it were I think it's this kind of notion of anticipatory grief, isn't it? And I think a fair bit of it actually depends on how you are doing yourself. So if you're aware that the anticipation of what's to come is having an impact on how you are, 
if you're aware of that, chances are your child will have been aware of it before you were. Yeah. And children are phenomenal at picking up on our subtle cues and noticing a difference. And if we can't give them an explanation for that difference, they will come up with their own conclusion. And quite often their own conclusion will be um, something involving them. They will think it's something they've done or their fault. And that's just a deve developmental stage, but we don't really want that to be happening. So, so one gauge would be how able am I to carry on um, and kind of give the illusion that everything's okay. And I think the other thing to consider is at what point might this impact on our lives on a daily basis as in if you have for example a parent who does go and live in a hospice or have hospice care then there's a really clear signal isn't there that something is different now and I think yeah. at that point the point where there is a sort of a, a, an obvious daily impact that would be a really good time to talk about it but generally speaking it really does depend on the child and we we could speak in generalisations and say maybe with older children you might tell them a little bit sooner and younger children you, it might be less, possibly less noticing of some of the subtleties. Um, there's a balance. You need to know your children really well. You need to know how well, how much they're going to think about it, process it, worry about it. Yeah. I think they do need to know that it's coming. It's just at what point. Okay. So um, And it's where other things start to show that something is changing. So... So, um, you know, I know a couple of people who, um, where a parent was um, terminally ill and the point at which they went into hospital and then it was clear that they weren't going to come home from hospital, that was the point at which they had that conversation with the children, although they had known um, for some time previously. So yeah. you've got to, got to get a sense from your, your children. And I think children, just um, picking up on that bit about children kind of tuning into things and not necessarily understanding why things might be going on I think as a parent it's inevitable if someone close to you has died or is terminally ill you're going to be upset and I think that we need to as parents make sure we don't try and totally screen our children from that but we also need to give give a reason for it so if if we are upset which is fine yeah. then actually just say to your child, I know I'm upset because... And that does all sorts of powerful things. It, it says to the, the child, one, it's not because of you, which is really important. Yeah, very important. Two, um, it stops them trying to predict all the things that, and hypothesise about all the things you might be upset about. It also says it's okay to be upset. Yeah. So, and therefore it gives the child, or your child, licence to be upset as well. If we don't talk about these things and we try and hide everything, then actually what can happen? And I speak with this actually from personal experience. I, my dad died when I was very little and I don't remember a lot about him, but what I do remember is not talking about him. And I had a very interesting conversation with my mum when I was about 10. And she said to me, you don't talk much about your birth dad. I bet she remarried, so I've got, you know, my dad now. And, um, and I said, no, I don't. And she said, well, I'm just interested in why you don't. And I said, because you don't. And, it, and it, what was interesting is she didn't, and I think she didn't because she didn't want to upset me if, you know, if I was okay. it becomes this kind of vicious circle of yeah. a child not wanting to upset their parent, parent not wanting to upset the child. Yeah. And then... And then what the child thinks is, I can't talk about this because yeah. nobody else is, so I'm not going to talk about it. And I've heard children say it countless times. 
you know, they don't talk about it because they don't know what to say. Yeah. And actually sometimes we need to help them say it. So we can, and there's certain things that we can do about that. I mean, one of the things I think, if you can, and I understand it's so difficult when you are upset yourself, but, you know, there will be times come, that, that come up where actually maybe someone's very visibly missing. So if you think about something like Christmas yeah. and that person's not there for the first time, actually can we acknowledge them can we toast to them can we can we say things like oh you know granddad would have loved to see us all around the table now and you know happy christmas grand and just allow that conversation but also acknowledge the gap yes but bring them into your happiness as yes well. yes so don't don't miss that person in the happy moments as well sorry excuse my phone yes um, and actually sometimes you you need to give children permission to have happy moments after death because yes. they can, you know, worry that it's not okay to be happy again. Yes. And sometimes they may even, that very day, have something that makes them laugh. Um, if they, you know, that's distracting and makes them laugh and then they can feel very guilty about it. And actually to say, it's okay, whoever it was would be pleased that you're happy yeah. or would have loved you to do that or of course you can go and have that sleepover even if it's, you know, a week later because... That's what you want to do, and they'd have loved you to do it. Validate, you know, and and it's also, I suppose, part of celebrating that life. It is. It and, is, and still carrying them with you. Yeah, so. and we're sitting here chatting, and I'm acutely aware that it's it's easy for us to sit here and chat, and actually, it's when so you're tricky when you're actually it is in it, and as a parent, when you're going through that loss and that grief yourself, to remember all of this in a way to support your child is really hard and sometimes these things probably feel very impossible yeah. um, but just you know just thinking actually it is okay to share emotion it's okay just to guide my child and allow them to go through their emotions whatever they are the whole range of emotions and be there and notice but not have to fix is really yeah. really important i think that's probably one of the hardest things to do actually is to to allow yourself that feeling of I don't have to fix this. I just have to yes. be present. Yes. And that not only I think comes in in relation to grief, but also comes in relation to so many other aspects of life. When your child child is having difficulties with friendship problems at school, when they're finding work difficult and challenging, just being present for them, but not automatically trying to give them all the solutions yes. to the problem allowing them and being there with the maybe I wonder to work out those steps I think is so important. Well if we give the solutions too quickly potentially we're saying it's not okay to be feeling how you are. Yeah. We need to find a balance absolutely give some solutions but you know it, it's okay. Yeah. It's a really important message. And it's okay I think one of the, the sort of things I'd like to finish on today is it's to say it's okay for you as a parent as well to be upset it is it is and that you don't need to, to to not show that to your child yeah but also at the same time if you if you do just let them know why and what yeah absolutely yeah Juliet thank you so much it's been you know as I say one of the most challenging podcasts we've had to do but I think probably one of the most important as well yeah I agree thank you thank so you much.